right? Because uh, that is not of God and we pray it out of here. Um, amen. amen and amen. I told mom, I said, hey, take about five or six deep breaths, start to worship, you won't notice it, you know? Leave, come back, woohoo, there it is again, all right? Yep, yep, yep. So um, we're excited to have a, a little bit of a partnership actually going on uh, this summer. Uh, the folks you see behind me are a portion of the worship team from Centerpoint Church in Danville. Most of you know Sarah and Jason Kilby. They've done our marriage retreat a couple of times. She's been here for our women's retreat. These are some of the worship leaders from their church. Uh, two weeks this month, two weeks next month, we're going to get half their team, and then next week we'll have the other half of their team, and they'll be back at home, and then next month they're going to get half the team, the other half of the team, all right? And our end of the bargain is we're going to make a contribution to their new teen center that they're building, all right? So NBC is going to make a donation to their teen center, and I'm going to go preach there at the end of July. So they get, they, we get their worship team four times. They get me one time. Uh, they, they definitely got the worst end of that deal. Um, but that was, that was our bargain. Jason's going out of town. He said, will you come preach for me? I said, sure. All right. So we'll, 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 we'll have that. But we're thankful to have them. Lots and lots of things to, to study and to understand and then to communicate to you. Uh, our kids have been at camp, had a wonderful week. At the end of the day, you're going to get to see a little bit of that. Uh, thanks to Betsy, our wonderful female counselor who endured her side of the bargain as I endured my side of the bargain. Ended up with the middle schoolers. God bless America. God bless America. Moms, I do have a biblical, a biblical um, um, word from the Lord for, for you. Um, teach your sons how to aim. <laughs> for the love of all that is clean thighed. Okay. Oh, now we need to pray. I introduced myself to a lady today and she said, I heard it was a good church. I said, it's a great church, except for the preacher. <laughs> she said, that's what I heard. <laughs> I said, you're not wrong. So uh, man, I just, uh, again, a lot for us to see and enjoy and experience um, a big, a big kind of happenstance in the life of our church. And I'll tell you about that at the end of the service. Uh, I love how God has moved in. There was no, no, we didn't know five weeks ago exactly where we'd be today, but God has had a process going for two years that it's really cool that today's announcement landed on today's message. So what a fun time. I'm going to pray. And then when I say amen, they're going to rock and roll. All right. We did pray about the drums. We know that the devil enters churches through drum sets. So we prayed over it and it's all good. All right. So no, don't you worry. All right. There's no electric guitars. We're going to pray and I'm going to ask you to stand and join them in worship. All right. God, thank you for everything that you have done, everything that you are doing, everything that you will do. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. May we celebrate your joy, your love, your hope, your peace, and may lives be changed by being in your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. excited to be here and just worship with you all. Um, you know, 
we just, we're flexible and we try to be as free and Holy Spirit led as, as we possibly can. So if you need to pray, come up and pray. If you need to raise your hands, do that. If you need to sit down, whatever. And we'll just, um, we'll just let the Holy Spirit lead today if that's okay with you.
worthy of every soul we could ever see. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. And worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
Oh, 
God, thank you that we can stand in your presence. Thank you that we can worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you that you love us despite our attitudes. Thank you that you love us despite our shortcomings. Thank you that you love us, period. Thank you that you love us, period. Thank you. God, now guide our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Uh, fill us as, 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 as we go every day, sometimes three times a day, to, to, to eat at the table, to, to, fill, to fill our bodies. God, God right now, fill, fill our souls. Educate us in, in your will and in your ways through your ideas and your spirit and your scripture. And all of these things we pray. In Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. Brother, I'm going to trade you here. You, I'm, I'm not going to be able to see, but, you know, because, you know, this is not, I don't, even, I don't even know what's going on here. Hello, church. Lift up my soul and the rest of me. 
So we have been, uh, this is just going to dangle because I, I wanted to, 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 to wear this with, with them. Our, most of our campers have their camp t-shirts on today and it doesn't have a place to run. So just dangle it is, okay? Um, we are um, in a place in our church family where we're revisiting who we are and what makes us what we are as a family. Now, it is important to me that all of what we say and do is based on the scripture. And you will find that 85 to 90% of the time in our church family, we will be just marching our way through the scriptures. We don't necessarily say, hey, this week we would like to talk about marriage. And then we go find stuff on marriage and talk about marriage. Next week, we'd like to talk about giving. And we find verses on giving and go talk about giving. And then this week, we'd like to talk about attitude. We don't, we don't do that. We say, Here's Haggai and we march our way through Haggai or here is Judges and we march our way through Judges because all scripture is God breathed and profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness because it is the word of God that is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. It is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training. These are the reasons we do what we do. Craig's words can't change you. Jason's words can't change you. The word of God is what changes you. All right, and so we like to stay there. But on a day like today, there are times when we need instruction as a church family. There are times when people who are visiting us need instructions as to who we are and what we are. So last week, let me give you a quick recap. Last week I said, hey, if you are here both Last week and this week, you technically do not have to go through what we call Coffee and Covenant. That's our new members course, all right, because um, we're doing it, all right? So if you've been here last week and this week and you're interested in being a part of our church family, after this week, there are covenants over there. You are welcome to take one, sign the last page with your family, all right, and 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 leave it on the desk, hand it to me, leave it over, leave it over there on the table, all right? And that, yeah, you're a member, all right? But please recognize that when I do marriage counseling, this is gonna sound bad, but it's, it's true. And those who have been married for 30 years, you know, are going to know exactly what I'm saying. When I do marriage counseling, I go in like this. If I can talk you out of it, you shouldn't do it. If I can stop a divorce now, let's do that. Is it gonna hurt? Yes. But there are no kids involved. There are no families involved. There are no people involved. Get out. And if I can't, maybe you're on your way, okay? Same with being a part of our church. <laughs> if you can endure me and you can get through what we expect of our members and what you can expect of your leadership, then we're golden, all right? And so I want you to know up front, because let's get real, across America, there are people in churches who have members in their churches and those members have no idea how to be a member, all right? Churches across America, Tom Rayner says, are way more like country clubs. You drop your dues in a past plate and that affords you the right to vote at the business meetings. And you're a member. And that's not in the scriptures anywhere. I, anywhere, all right? So we, last week, here's what we did. We walked through the five things that are essential, all right? The five things that we're not going to argue about, like if you don't believe them, right? If, if, you, if you don't stand on them, there, there is no reason for you to really participate in, in church anywhere as far as getting plugged in. Now, I got questioned last week and I loved it. I loved it, all right? I said, any questions? And yes, there was a question. You said, if you don't believe these five things, you shouldn't be here. 
And her point was, well, what about, what about guests? What about visitors? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on. <laughs> that was a little bit nasty. All right. Good, good, good. We, we, that, is, that is not what my heart meant. And I, 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 in, that, in that instance, I, I, I totally take that back. But my, my point is this. Don't come sit, wake up, get dressed, and, 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 and try to plug in. If you, don't, if you don't believe that God is the creator of the universe, right? If you don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, I, 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 I don't know what to say. But the, the, bigger ish, the bigger point is we can talk all day long about abortion. We can talk all day long about Democrat or Republican. We can talk all day long about divorce and marriage. We can all day long. And we'll have discussions. Those five things are not discussable. They are what they are, and that's the end. All right? And then the next four things were, here's what our family does. And I, and I went on to tell you that, like, some families are camping families. Some families are beach families. Some fam families are sports families. Some families are, are outdoors and creeks and fishing families. All families are different, but they all have traits that make them them. Well, in our church, we have four, we have four traits that make us us. And that is, we want to celebrate and not be fuddy-duds, all right? We want to be one in the body of Christ. We want to direct everything we have into the Word of of God and do everything from the word of God. And we want a mission outside of us. Once you join here, yes, we're a part of the body and we're all here to support each other, but everything we do is for out there. Go ye therefore, not sit ye here for, okay? Those are our family traits, our core values. Essentials, core values, that's what we did last week. This week, here it is. What you can expect of a leader and what a leader will expect of you. That's it, that's it. What you can expect of a leader and what a leader can expect of you. We do what's called covenant membership, all right? And I want to read you because there's no better way to do it. I want to read you why we do that. It's not hard, but I want you to understand it. Here it is. Covenant is a biblical concept. God made covenants with Noah and Abram, the children of Israel, and even brought a new covenant with Jesus Christ. A covenant is different from a contract or simple agreement because it inherently implies meaningful relationships. At NBC, we believe that every follower of Christ should be a part of a community of committed followers. We believe that the Bible teaches that once you're his, you should jump in with other people that are also his, all right? Covenant is NBC's form of that membership. At NBC, we covenant with one another, so that's this way, and then together, we all covenant with God. The covenant of the church is birthed out of our love for the church body and its individual members. We love the fact that we are the bride of Christ, that he's returning to take us home, all right? And every single person has access to him. The curtain was torn. The Holy of Holies doesn't exist. He is the Holy of Holies and we can reach out and hold his hand. We can speak directly to him. We hope each and every member will experience the fullness of joy found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Covenant members keep each other accountable in loving relationships of mutual submission. One of the hardest things ever. The covenant clarifies the biblical obligations and expectations. The covenant clarifies the biblical obligations and expectations, right? The Bible says this is how you should act. The church says, we're going to help you act this way. If you don't want to act this way, don't join our church. I'm not being mean. If you don't want to grow in Jesus Christ, don't, go to Kiwanis, go to Rotary, join a country club. Our hope is that it serves as a tool 
for reflection and growth toward holiness. We want our covenant not to be something people worry about. Because a lot of people say, well, why do I have to sign a piece of paper to be a part of your church? Okay, it's just a piece of paper. Yes, it is. I will never argue against that it's just a piece of paper. But it's a piece of paper that says, hey, Craig, you are my pastor and I am a member of your congregation. All right. I also am running alongside Miss Pat. I am running alongside, uh, 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 I mean, Spencer. I'm running alongside Danny. I am doing this life with these people and they can expect me to do life with them like this. This is what the Bible says doing life together is like, and we expect you to do it like this. And we're going to hold you accountable to that. As a covenant member of NBC, members affirm the essentials and core values of the church, okay? So what can you expect? What can you expect of a leader in our church? Well, we want to do this biblically, okay? We don't want to say, here's what you can expect. You can expect high quality preaching at least once a month. Don't worry about the other three, at least once a month. You can expect that we are going to screw up slides or some kind of electronic thing because that's how we roll here in the Shire, all right? No, no, that's not what we do. We go to the Bible and we go, hey, what do, that was a good line. What do leaders look like according to Scripture, okay? And I'm going to tell you something. One of the reasons that we did this is because I learned as I was growing up and never wanted to be a pastor, I learned a whole lot more about how to pastor and how to lead from watching people do it wrong than I did from watching people do it right, okay? And when I was reading hundreds, hundreds of covenants and hundreds of, 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 of documents from churches that were dying because I wanted to see why they were dying, churches that were growing. I wanted to see, I would go through and I would go, no, no, no. And my, my initial thing was, is it biblical? Because why would we throw a bunch of things in that we have to act like if it's not in the scriptures? So I started there. And then I just, you know, I just said, God, this is, this is fairly cut and dried. And God said, yeah. And I said, but, but, but it's, it's really simple. And he said, well, yeah. And I said, but it's literally impossible to do. And he said, well, yeah. That's why I wrote in there, you can do all things through me. Well, all right. Now, let me tell you the, the best and worst thing about our covenant. The best and worst thing about this. Ready? it completely relies on the Holy Spirit. 100%. It completely relies on the Holy Spirit because we can't go through every single action that every member does and then write a new rule to cover that mistake. If you get divorced, then you have six weeks where you can't come into the sanctuary, 19 weeks where you cannot serve, and 27 weeks before you're allowed to date again. We don't do that, right? And then the next one comes along. Well, they were wrong because every situation is different, but the Bible has a solution for all situations. Via the word of God and the Holy Spirit, we can find what we need because the Bible is sufficient, okay? Now, let me make a, a disclaimer. That's scary because we're relying on human beings to help interpret the Holy Scripture for what everyone needs. And that falls on us. So as we look at the biblical obligations of an elder, here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't want to be an elder. 
You do not want to be an elder. Because when, when, when regular folk get to heaven, Jesus goes, I'd like to call you into account for what you did for you. And then there's fathers. Then there's fathers. I'd like to call you into account for what you did for you and for your family. And then there's elders. I'd like to call you into account for you, your family, and everybody in the congregation I called you to. Now, let me just be clear. I love all y'all, almost. <laughs> but I do not want to be accountable for some of y'all. That's real. But I am the minute you sign on. Okay? God's going to say, that's why I've been telling y'all, I got some hard conversations coming up this summer. I have prepped myself. I have, you know, prayed and I'm still praying and, and I got some conversations to have, but here's the deal. If I don't have those conversations, God's gonna go, why didn't you? If I have those conversations, God's gonna look at that person and go, he told you, I'm off the hook. So I'm jumping off a few hooks this summer, right? All right, getting that done. Getting that done, not carrying it. Okay. Elders, as shepherds and overseers of the local church, elders are entrusted with protecting, leading, equipping, and caring for the corporate church body and its members. The following is an overview of the requirements for elders as spelled out within the scriptures. One more thing before we get started. Nowhere in here does it say, these people cannot sin. If you need that, find another church. Disclaimer, you won't find what you're looking for. You will sing Bono for the rest of your life. <laughs> Every church you go to, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. If you need perfect, we ain't it, and they ain't out there. They may act like it, and that's worse, because they're imperfect and liars. At least I can mark liar off my list. I stink, just like our sanctuary. <laughs> elder job number one. Figure out who else is supposed to be an elder. Okay? It is not a popularity contest. It is not a, it's not a buy-in contest. Hey, 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 so-and-so gives us $100,000 a year. Let's get them on the board. Maybe they'll give $200,000. Stupid. I call it what it is. Stupid. All right? There's verses up there if you want to check me. All right? Just, hey, how do you know? There you go. To prayerfully seek God's will for the church and steward her resources to the best of our ability based on our study of the scriptures and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Those two things are both necessary. Is it in the scripture and is the spirit leading us? Because listen, our body is different from First Baptist. Our body is different from Catalyst. Our body is different from Centerpoint. Our body is different from Southland. God calls individuals to do different things and God calls churches to do different things, right? So we have to ask God, what do you want from us? To care for the church and seek her growth in grace, truth, and love. I have a problem. Some of you are like, you got more than one. 
and this is true, but I, one of my personal issues is that I tend to err on the side of grace when it comes to leadership, discipline, getting something done. I tend to give one too many chances to the detriment of the body as a whole. Does that make sense? I want so bad to err on the side of grace that I don't administer the justice that is needed, the discipline that is needed. Now, I have, and I will, but I have a personal issue in, in that, that marker, like the 50, the 50 yard line right here. I've swing over here to about the 70, 75 mark when it comes to grace, instead of giving grace until it's time to give justice, right? So I own that. But to care for the church and seek her growth in grace, truth, and love, those things have to be the foundation of any discipline that you get to. To provide teaching and counsel from the whole of Scripture, to provide teaching and counsel from the whole of Scripture, the word that is important for me in there is the whole of Scripture. Can you pull a verse out and make it mean what you need it to mean? You can. That is detrimental to the Scripture itself. It needs to be true in Genesis, Malachi, Luke, and Titus, okay? To equip the members of the church for the work of ministry, let me make this plain. It is my job to teach you how to do your job, not my job to get paid to do your job for you. Got it? It is my job to teach you and equip you to do your job, not my job to be paid to do all of your jobs for you. Okay? To be on guard against false teachers and teachings. Here at NBC, I am, Betsy saw this this week. She saw me do this this week. I get, I get really weird if I'm sitting in a service and, and I know that there's this passage of scripture coming out and then they say something that has nothing to do with the passage of scripture. I'm just like, mm, well, all right. But I also make an effort if I know something's being said publicly on Facebook or something, I don't, I try not to use names. I don't say, hey, Matt Chandler said this and he's an idiot, or hey, Joel Osteen said this and he's an idiot, or hey, Creflo Dollar said, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. But if you come to me and say, hey, I heard this, I'm gonna go, well, the, the, the Bible says this. Um, I can't make you buy into anything, but this is the opposite of this. I need you to pick which one you think's true. And let me give you a hint, as a member of NBC, it's always the Bible. The answer is every time, the Bible. I mean, well, are you sure? No, no. And even if you bring me something, I, it is so-and-so, Abraham Lincoln said it. Well, he did, and Jesus is not. So, one of your least favorites and mine, to lovingly exercise church discipline when necessary for the glory of God and the good of the individual. Say it again for those in the back. For the glory of God and the good of the individual. Well, I like what I'm doing. Well, that's what I'm here for. You like the wrong things. Let me give you an example. Every one of y'all who eats well-done steak, that's wrong, it's sinful. And I'm here to help you for the good of, 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 the, of the individual. 
I'm just kidding. But it was a great example when it comes to sin, it's the same way. You need to know what's best for you. Well, Craig, I know what's best for me better than you do. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says Jesus knows what is best for you because he knitted you in your mother's womb. He made you and brought you into this world. He created you and made you just the way you are to exist the way he made you to be. He knows better. Hush and listen to him. <laughs> but we have to listen to you. Well, sorry about that. This is, this is, this is the shepherd you got, sheep. To set an example by fulfilling the obligations of church membership. To set an example by fulfilling the obligations of church membership, okay? So if I'm going to ask you to serve, guess what I'm going to do? If I'm going to ask you to give, guess what I'm going to do? If I'm going to ask you to do anything, guess what the elders are going to be doing? Who's in charge of the cleaning teams here? The staff and the elders. We all have a week. We're here vacuuming and wiping down toilets and all the things. We're not asking you to do it. We're doing it and saying, come with us. That's what this means. This is why we say, look, look, I'm gonna say it again. Because somebody asked me, we were talking, I was talking to somebody about our church and somebody asked me this question this week because we were talking about being wide open, like wide open. He asked me how we turned to eldership and basically I said, well, it was me and that was scary because it was me from the start, but the guys that were above me and you can ask Spencer, you can ask Wesley at that time, you can ask Todd, everything that I did, they knew. Everything I did, they knew. Then I had three guys outside the church. They also knew. There were nine people that knew what was going on. And we got so not nonchalant about it. We didn't care. We just started telling you. There's nothing, no secrets. And he was like, so they know everything? They know everything they want to know. I said, man, we tell them if they can, they can call the office and ask for any, any of our giving statements and we'll send them to them. You want to know what Jamie and I gave last year? Call the office. I'll send it to you. You want to know what any of the staff or elders gave? Call the office. I'll send it to you. You want a church budget? I'll send it to you. I've been here nine years and seven months. You know how many things I've sent out? None. It's pretty, pretty amazing what happens when you're open. People don't need to know anything. They only want to know if it's a... Uh... Secrets don't make friends or good church members. Now, here's the thing you need to understand about elders. There's another thing that makes it hard. Every one of the things I just read you, we have to try and be. Try and be. We have to be working toward being. But we also have to be all of these. We need you to understand that we are members too. And we need friends and, and, and shoulders to cry on and, 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 and moments not to be on. Do you understand what that means? Sign needs time where you don't call her. She needs time that you don't need her. There are only three people on this planet that she need, that need access to her 24 hours, seven days a week. Only three. And there's only one, one of those in this room. So everybody else, it's not you. Okay, do you get that? Do you, oh, two, sorry. Thank you, Steve Harrod. Actually, I meant one. One of you doesn't get it. I'm just kidding. 
I, I'm telling you, she loves one of you a lot. <laughs> All right. Listen, as those who have experienced, who have experienced the grace of a life changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have, so if you're changed, you have a chance, you have the opportunity, you get to reflect the character of Jesus Christ through the pursuit of certain attitudes and the rejection of others. Now I'd like to repeat that one, especially for my beautiful teenagers in the room. You have a chance to have a good attitude and to tell your bad attitude that it no longer has a place in your world. You have that chance. Oh, just remember, mama, when you're pointing one finger, there's three pointing back at you. So I, I'm going to call everybody out. But if, you know, if we're going to start flinging, I, you know, you OK, Callie? No. Well, if you laugh that hard and try to hold it in, sweetheart, it's going to try to come out somewhere else. So go let it go. Let it go. Hey, Danny, you're a smart man. You just didn't say anything. <laughs> the scriptures refer to this as living by the Spirit. This covenant is not an addition to the biblical obligations of a believer. Rather, it's primar primarily an explanation of what the scriptures teach about obedience that comes through faith in Christ. We, we set this out there so that when, when I come to you one day and say, hey, I see your marriage falling apart and I'd like to talk to you about it. And you say, that's none of your business. I can go, oh, 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 oh. You kind of made it my business. You can unmake it my business. You can unmake it my business. Rip it up, walk away. I'm all right with that. But while it's my business, you and me and Jesus are gonna get it right. I had a therapist once. I know that surprises all of you. I had a therapist once. I loved that dude. He called me Buck. I'd walk in the door, hey, Buck. Next guy. And I'd sit down, he'd smile. Man, I loved this dude. He'd smile real big. He'd say, hey, 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 say what you got to say. It's just the three of us in here. That dude, that dude helped me. Even when I got here, man, I called him like three times. We, we Zoomed like three times. Hey, Buck. Hey, I needed him. I had y'all. I needed somebody to talk to, all right? <laughs> Number one, obligation of a member to submit to the authority of the scripture. The be all end all to what, oh, tell me, tell me. The be all end all to what you do is in the Bible. To pursue Jesus through the regular reading of the Bible, prayer, fellowship, and practice spiritual disciplines. That's your job. You need to be asking your, every member in the room needs to be asking themselves right now, am I doing, am I, pushing myself to do these things. Submit to scripture, pray, read the Bible, practice the spiritual disciplines, follow Jesus in baptism and communion. If you're a member of this church, it is an expectation that you ask Jesus into your heart, be baptized and take communion when it's offered. To, uh, <clears throat> to regularly, let me be clear, regularly, not randomly, not occasionally, 
regularly participate in the church by weekly services, Bible community, small groups, serving others. Regularly, it's important, to steward the resources. We call it time, talent, tithe, all right? God has given you in a manner that is sacrificial, joyful, voluntary, and consistent. That's why we don't make you. That's why we don't take your credit card when you sign the covenant and ask you how much you're gonna give and we deduct it, all right? We, it's voluntary. But it should be mandatory between you and God that you show up, serve up, and give up, all right? Most people's least favorite to submit, especially men, man, it's hard. And it's getting to be women too now, just, that's just reality. The feminist movement has made it this way, to submit to the elders and the other appointed leaders and join them in striving for peace and for unity. Remember, when the, in the Old Testament, when they experienced peace, it came after war. That's the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Peacemakers go to battle to make sure the body experiences peace. Sometimes it's hard to walk in holiness in all areas of your life. Now, this includes, but is not limited to, abstaining from sexually immoral practices, adultery, homosexuality, premarital sex, and pornography. If you say, well, I'm not sure that those are um, immoral, um, there's scripture there. I refer you back to when I said your way or Jesus's way. There's only one that's right. Seeking to preserve the gift of marriage. You notice that we did not phrase this, don't get divorced. That's not, that's not for me. That's for everyone. NBC is pro-marriage. You need to understand that. Pro-marriage. We will fight for marriages. We accept that people make mistakes. We ask God to change hearts. We understand that sometimes things happen. We get that. We don't applaud it. We just walk with you through the discipline and the circumstances that come after. And I get it. And I brought that into my marriage with Jamie. Jamie gets it. She brought that into the marriage with me. Sin brings baggage. Okay? but we don't, we don't believe your failures are final. We believe in the restoration power of Jesus Christ. Refrain from slander, malice, drunkenness, gossip, and other sinful behavior, okay? You notice we don't say, hey, don't drink, don't smoke, and don't eat at a buffet, because that, that, that would be drunkenness, um, not taking care of your body, and gluttony. No, it's not. No, it's not. You can't look at everybody at the Chinese restaurant and go, those gluttons. You can't look at everybody that has a beverage and go, that drunkard. Can't do that. But when you cross the line, real friends, real church members, people who really love you will reach over and pull you back. Avoiding activities that the scripture deems foolish. All throughout the scripture, it says, a fool does, don't do that. Or guess what? You're a fool. I'd like to keep you from being a fool. Take seriously the responsibility of Christian freedom. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. That is finding the balance between God's grace and God's law. 
There are laws, you have to follow them. There is grace. When you fall, he's there for you. But you don't go and do something because you get grace. Paul said, by no means with an exclamation point. You have to find the balance and follow the biblical procedures for church discipline where sin is evident in the hope that that discipline brings repentance and it's this important to me and restoration and restoration. God's not done with you, even if you fail. You just can't stay there. If you say, well, I wanna be restored, but I wanna keep doing what I'm doing. The answer is, no way, Jose. And if you're American, it's no way, Joseph. <laughs> Willingly receive righteous and loving discipline when it's approached biblically by fellow believers and leaders. Okay? Now, that's not exhaustive. That's what we have. Four pages that help guide us through this thing called church life. Okay? As of this moment, everyone in the room who wants to be a part understands their role, our role, and what we believe. After this service, I, I didn't think we'd need more, but there are three covenants over there. If we need more, we'll make copies. That's not a problem. The bottom page, sign, fill it out, turn it in. You're now a member of our body, fully submissive to us, fully ready to help raise us up when we fail, fully ready to give, to, to, to tithe, to talent, to serve, and, and, and time to be here. That's that, okay? Now, let me tell you something really special. No way two and a half years ago that God knew that I would be on this sermon on this day, okay? When we scheduled what's going to happen two weeks from now, I wasn't even done with Luke. This is how God works. We just went through what it means to be an elder and what it means to be a member. And for the first time, in its entirety, okay? For the first time in its entirety, the first three elders, one was taken from the deacon body that was here before, one was me, and the other one, because there was just two of us, we had to, to get quick, so we took somebody who had been in the church two or three years that we knew and affirmed that person, but that was a several month process. But we knew in our hearts, this would be a year to two year process when we ever did it. Guess what? We're at the end of almost two years of a process with, with somebody. And so two weeks from today, we will have an ordination service for an elder in our church. And we want to make that announcement today. All of the things that we read about, we have seen. We have watched this person serve in kids ministry, in youth ministry, in men's ministry, in outdoor ministry, in indoor ministry. We have watched this person give of themselves. We have watched this person turn their life over just to be here. When I asked this person, when the elder said, this is, this is next, and I asked this person, I said these words, you won't hear from me again. I'm not gonna ask twice. Totally up to you and God, okay? I love this. Two weeks later, I get a call from this person's wife. What do I gotta do? How do I gotta be? How do I gotta pray? It was genuine, it was genuine. It was like, if God is doing this, what do I have to do? We talked through that, all right? It was almost, I think it was seven months 
And I walk into men's ministry one morning and this person puts their arm around me and says two words, I'm ready. And from that day, that was in, a, in the fall, we've come another fall and another spring. So for 18 months, this guy sat alongside Stephen, Spencer and I. So in two weeks, we would like to make less wood a part of our elder, <laughs> officially, okay? And it's scary and it's special and it's right. But because of the way we do things, we're open. You have two weeks to say, well, I do not like the way Les holds his fork. It irritates me. And I think you ought to take that into consideration. I don't like the way Les keeps his beard. If he'll shave it down just a hair, I'll... I'll. <laughs> okay, his wife just vetoed that. <laughs> yes, uh, two weeks from now, be barefaced. We will all love it. <laughs> so, so here's what's going to happen. You, you can call me, Steve, or Spencer anytime over the next few weeks. And, and, and give a firm affirm, words of affirmation, which will not be attributed to you, but will come out as we each speak. Or you can say, hey, by the standards that I see, here's why, here's why maybe you haven't considered this and why we don't need to do this. Okay, you can do that. He's okay with that. That's the thing. We're all okay with that. Bring it. And then let's come together because every one of them knows there's how we live our lives. It seems to the Holy Spirit and to us that this is how we should proceed. And if we can't get there, we don't proceed. The end. We look at the word, we look at each other, we look at the Lord, got it? So I would like to submit that in two weeks we ordain Les Wood as an elder of NBC. Spencer, Stephen, and myself will be speaking that day Every one of us will have 30 minutes. You notice my mom was the first to get choked up. What? <laughs> Just kidding. Five to 10 minutes, we'll each be taking a different aspect of who a, a man of God looks like and, and, you know, affirming less. And then we will all, everybody who feels led, male and female, boy and girl, pray, pray for him and over him. Okay, all right. Thing number two, Sai has something she'd like to share with you. So we've got the covenants, we've got eldership, we've got what Sai says, and then I'm gonna show you something that after that's over, we're out of here. <laughs>